Good morning, Anchor Nation. Back again recording another episode. I am driving to work this morning, and I am being as safe as I can be, mostly because, uh, one, it's the right thing to do, Uh, two, there is a very heavy fog rolling through the area, and I can't see more than 30 yards in front of my vehicle. Um, It's clearing up a little bit, which is nice. So, doing what I can. Ah, buck just smashed my windshield. Gross! Ugh, left a long, nasty trail of guts. Anyway, driving out here is is very risky in the mornings. Uh, If it's not the fog, it's the wildlife. So, uh, it's my first week driving to work, so it was uh, roughly two weeks and change ago. And I'm on this road that I'm on now, actually, and um, kind of, kind of in the same area. I'm, I'm in. That's that's odd that <laughs> I would be recording and talking about the story as I drive through the area that the story occurred in. Um, I'm driving, and the speed limit out here is 75, so I go 75. And uh, out in this field to my right, I see a fence line with a whole mess of pigs and they call them javelinas around here there's a bunch of them so there's one uh, medium sized javelina so you know probably 80 80 to 100 pounds running across the field with all these little ones behind it and when I say all these little ones probably 8 10 running behind it and I see them running across the field and they're they're cooking they are huffing, huffing, huffing. And you know, I'm thinking, no, don't run out in the street. Come on, don't run out in the street. Don't run out in the street. And what do they do? They run out in the street. So I start to swerve, and there's an 18-wheeler behind me. So I don't smash my brakes because I don't want that 18-wheeler rearing to me or causing him to have an accident because he's hauling a trailer. And uh, I veer off to the left. So as I, as I slow down... And, and change um, change lanes into the opposite lane, which is oncoming traffic. I, I clipped that sucker on my back tire. And, you know, I looked behind me, and it didn't look like I killed it instantly, but I'm, I hit that thing going 60 miles an hour. It had to die. I can't think of it living through that. Uh, thankfully, it didn't damage my tire severely. It, it did damage it a little. Um, but the tire is still in working condition. Thank for that. But when I look back, um, the 18-wheeler also tried to avoid the pigs, but it hit all the little ones. Now, he was going real slow, so he didn't, you know, like, pace them, turn them into a, a highway stain. But he hit it. He hit just about every single one of them with his 18-wheeler. Excuse me. I'm sure he killed them all, too. So, hooray for population control. Jeez Louise, this driving out here is just ridiculous. And then not long after that, as I'm driving home and I'm going down a different road, a turkey steps out from the freaking field and flies almost into my car. It just, I had changed direction just a little and it flew over my car. But if I had turned left instead of right, it would have smacked directly into my windshield. That was, ugh, good grief. So... I wanted to talk a little bit about what I said yesterday. Uh, I brought up a lot about Jamie. And 
I, I don't want to sound like I'm vilifying her, but she she did something um, that really, really kind of. How do I say this? It just it, it it messed me up inside because she she's been doing her best to deal with the situation we're in, and my uncle passed away. Now we've been thinking that my uncle was going to pass away for for years now. He died in September, September third. Uh, he has a terminal. He had a terminal illness, and it finally took him. Um, muscular dystrophy. It kills you really slow. So. You know, we, we knew this was going to happen, but it was still painful to lose him. And, you know, we we said our goodbyes. We gave him a memorial service. You know, we did what we could do. And uh, my phone's going to tell me where to turn here pretty soon. So if you hear that, I apologize for the, the interruption. Um, what was I saying? So, yeah, he passes away. And, you know, when my brother found out, he calls us on Facebook gets the family on one uh, one phone call and lets us know and I, I didn't cry for him right away you know I wanted to I wanted to soak it in and, and realize oh, wow man he's finally gone and you know it really affected me because I I loved my uncle you know I didn't I didn't always have the best way of showing it and he we lost touch after time past because where he went to live and you know I only saw him a handful of times up until the end which I, I, I regret that I wish I had spent more time with him um, yeah anyway uh, in half a mile turn left onto the US 77 north ramp to Victoria be careful here and close this crap out I don't So anyway, um, you know, we get the news. I cry here and there for Justin. Um, and we figure out when we're going to do a memorial service. And we set a date. And uh, so before this news broke, Jamie and I had to, to agreed to go with her parents to a car show for a weekend. And go stay at this cottage that her aunt and uncle had purchased. It was like a... Airbnb, a bed and breakfast. I, I don't know. It was a really nice place. And uh, I had originally thought, well, I'm just not going to go. I'm going to go spend time with my family and, and uh, you know, grieve with my mom because this was my mom's half-brother. And she, she looked at him more like her one of her, one of her kids because he was so young, you know. My granddad had him when he was 50, and he had my mom when he was in his 20s. So that gave a huge gap there, and, and Justin even lived with us for a little while. Uh, I remember pushing him around in his wheelchair at my school when he was going to school there. Um, and we, we, we would stay with our granddad uh, on occasion during the summer or on weekends or whatever. And, you know, we just we, we were close as, as kids. He went riding four-wheelers with us. We went camping. And then, you know, his muscular dystrophy came, and things kind of got a little more limited. But... Uh, you know, he made a wish to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and we all got to go to, to Disney World together. Uh, and that was free because the Make-A-Wish is a, is a prof, non, non-profit. So, um, well, anyway. Uh, you know, it was, it, was still, it was hard to lose him. 
And so I really wanted to go. And when Jamie found out when we were going to be going to his memorial service, she had a breakdown. She started crying and was like, well, I guess we're not going to go on this trip that we wanted to go on. And I was like, well, I know I'm going to be going to see my family and, and go to this memorial service. And uh, she just, you know, fell apart because she wanted me to go to this thing with her. And it just, she made it all about her in that moment. And that really hurt me. It really hurt me inside because... <sighs> Justin didn't have a huge crowd of fans or... He wasn't a social media star. He wasn't an artist or a musician or or a politician or, or somebody famous, you know. He had a handful of people show up at his memorial service. Well, that's not fair. He had like 10 to 15, maybe more, show up. But it wasn't a big crowd. Um, and it just it just felt like, you know, she didn't know him, so it's it's really not fair to, to be mad at her. She didn't know his story. She didn't. I, we haven't been together long enough for me to tell, talk about Justin, you know, like that. And, uh, but it's it still hurt. It's like you know, this guy's dead. This guy's my family. Um, and you and you want to make it about you that I'm not going with you on a on a weekend getaway, you know, with your family. If it was just the two of us and we had spent like money on it, we didn't spend any money on this. Um. And it, I would I would understand if we had planned like something, you know, long before. Then I would I would get that, but that's not what happened. And so that just uh, that one really really got to me. Um, that one really got to me. Anyway, uh, moving on. There was another time where we had uh, a problem. Head east on Texas 188 East East Sinden Street and, towards uh, South Bowie Avenue. This was when I had mentioned that she was spending a lot of time sitting at home watching. Continue TV. on Texas 188 East for 25 miles. Facebook. So what, what do I mean by that? Well, I came home one day and she had gotten into a fight with some people on her Facebook page that she thought were her friends. And I tried to be supportive and say, you know, hey, you don't need that in your life. If they're being like that, then cut, get rid of them, block them, or just uh, hit the mute button on them. You can snooze them for a little while. You don't, you don't need that sort of negativity because they were saying that she shouldn't be a lawyer. They were saying that, you know, her her worldview is is uh, just contorted or distorted or some crap. And they were just being flat out insulting. And I'm like, look, you know that stuff's not true about you. You're a very intelligent person. You're a compassionate person. You you care about doing things for people. And just because these individuals are uh, trying to throw labels on you that are harmful, you don't have to believe them. And she was just like, you know, this, that, and the other. She's being very, very uh, resistant to, to how I was trying to to positively reinforce her and I, I get it she was really upset but you know that was that was hard to try to, to break through to her and I was okay with with that but then she started getting mad at me because I was trying to to correct her and give her something uh, let me go back not correct her I was I was just trying to help her you know deal with this and and be and be happier I, I just I was trying to diffuse 
the negative emotions and she was like it feels like you're telling me I'm wrong for feeling this way it's like no that is not what I'm saying I'm not using those words I'm not using that tone I'm trying to get you away from the source get away from the source of how you're feeling and you can improve your feelings you can feel better and so eventually she got to it on her own and I've just come to realize that I, I can't tell her anything there's nothing I can say or recommend to her. She has to come up with that decision on her own. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of, of coming up with things where... Let's um, let's think of an example that wasn't as as heated or as emotional. So I'm with her her dad and her brother, her mom, and, her, um, and she's there. And we're all eating at a table. And Nicholas is her brother and Lloyd is her dad. And they all work, in, or they both work in the same uh, oil and gas um, plant. It's a power plant. They, they do fracking and, not fracking, they do oil and gas refinement and harvesting. Um, so, Nicholas is like a jack-of-all-trades repairman. He gets paid very well for his knowledge and education. Excuse me. Um, he's getting, you know, more and more experience. Very young guy, and uh, he's got a, a heck of an education. TSDC taught him very well. And so, you know, he's he's starting to put in the work, and, um, and you know, time is on his side. He's going to make a, a pile of money, and he was talking about what he was doing at work, uh, and so they, they found a motor that had uh, a J-Box, which a J-Box, if you don't know, when your motor has connections and hookups, they go inside of the, the J-Box, and the hookup can be for power supply, it can be for fuel, uh, it can be going from the motor to a place but it, it, there's usually connections that go into that box. And so it's it's typically it's, it's large. It's not a little bitty box like a breaker box that you would open up and flip switches on your house. It's um it's a uh, it, you know it's large and it has a large metal plate over it. And um when when you don't put your connecting bolts in the J box well, then it can come loose and the plate can come off. Or if the machine is vibrating really, really hard, it can shear those bolts and the plate can come off. And so when he was talking about that and I said, oh, did somebody put it on loosely or was it vibrating really hard? Because that could, you know, the vibrations could, could knock the plate off. And they keep talking like I didn't say anything and they found out that it was vibrating really hard. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just say? What did I just say? Does nobody pay attention to what I'm saying here? It seems like the only time people care about what I'm saying is is when I say something, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with what they're talking about. But when I try to, to get involved in the conversation and and under and, and be a part of it, it's it's like nobody's listening. It's like, "Hello, I used to work around that kind of equipment. I used to do vibration analysis." And I can identify when anyway. So, that setting that aside, there was another time. Let's go back when I said something that was like, "No, we're not going to do that," and they did it anyway. Uh, so they have these continuing education courses that they do, and this this is going to be incriminating. So I'm going to apologize if this gets anybody in trouble. Um, 
So for a while there, when I wasn't working, I was doing their continuing education courses for their drivers because their drivers and the volunteer service that they have here, they're not going to actually touch patients. So all they need to do is be able to drive the, the, the EMS truck. Um, and some of them are, are full-time workers. Some of them are overtime workers. And they just don't have the energy, the drive, or the time to, to do those continuing education courses. They're lengthy. They're long. And um, you got to do like 120 hours or it's, it's over 100. I know that for sure. Um, and then when you get up to the more advanced levels, you got to do even more. And I got to slow down here because the fog is coming back and it's pretty thick. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm doing it for these guys that I know aren't going to have to be touch patients. They're just going to drive the EMS and uh, that allows for them to have more volunteer drivers, which allows them to staff their volunteer service and the mom out here she's the um, administrator for the ems services so you know she makes schedules and she makes sure that people's certifications are uh current and uh all that good jazz anyway so i'm going through their um their books because they have books for these ce's and I'm like, oh, well, we can arrange these by category, and that would be much easier for me. And Jamie and her mom are like, no, leave them the way they are, because somebody put them together that way for a reason. I'm like, okay, but it would be better if we put them by category, because when I do these CEs, I got to take them by category. I don't do them, you know, alphabetically, which is how they were organized. And so, you know, they they get on my ass about it, I'm like, no, don't do that. We're not going to do that. Someone else put it that way, and that's how it's going to be. Okay. All right. Cool. I won't bring it up again. Didn't bring it up again. Three months later, the guy that put them together is like, you know what? I'm going to put them by category. And I, when I heard her mom say that, I looked at Jamie. I was like, that was my idea, wasn't it? And I just let it go after that. Uh, that pissed me off. So I was like, come on, man. God. It's, it's so frustrating when when people tell me I'm wrong or that something I'm saying is made up because my brother did that to me as a kid for years. And growing into an adult, you know, having the knowledge and the experience that I have, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm a genius, but I'm smart enough to fucking figure some shit out. And when people, you know, look, overlook me or just don't pay attention, that bugs the daylights out of me bugs the daylights out of me. It's like, listen, hello, you want to make this simpler? Or, eh, well, whatever. It's all water on the bridge now. Um, it's just, it's been very frustrating not to be able to say these kind of things to them because, uh, one, I'm living on their property, but two, when any, any time, you know, Jamie and I are having an argument, if, if I try to get all righteous and I'm like, I'm right and this is why I try to label it out, she starts having a breakdown. She starts crying. And it's rough, man. It feels like I'm, I'm, I'm talking with a child. It's like, we got to work some things out here. But I can't do that if you're going to break down and cry and, like, and behave like a kid. You're, she's over 25. And I've always believed that once you get over 25, you're an adult. You know, 18 and up, yeah, I get that. That's the legal set, but you really don't mature as a person, I believe, until you hit 25. Because I mean, you've spent time as an adult, you've learned things, you've seen things. 
you know, that you just don't see when you're 18. It's just my personal opinion. Um, anyway. So about work. So there was something that happened yesterday that kind of broke my heart. And this is just the nature of of the human condition, really. There's just not a lot you can do about that. And my brother will tell you, he worked at CPS and he's, uh, he's a supervisor for... Um, adult supervision and uh, we have this lady come in old lady uh, over 80 years old her son's with her and I you know I take the gentle approach as I usually do uh, asking very gentle questions not uh, not taking a rude tone uh, the fog is back I dang it it clears up and then it comes back uh, taking a gentle tone not being uh, challenging, not being aggravated, you know, just going, hey, how's it going? How are you feeling? I'm going to do some uh, vital signs instrument taking and, um, you know, blah, 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 go over some stuff. Reassure them that the doctor's going to talk to them and their problems will be addressed after that. So, anyway, um, this lady... You know, I'm, I'm going through her documentation on her electronic record, and she had gone to an, uh, uh, a hospital, and it was an overnight stay because they, they had to do some uh, intense, uh, intense, no, it's not intense. They had to do some invasive procedures. They had to do a couple of things to her. Um, so I'm reading through that, saying like, okay, she had that done, she had that done. And they noticed that she had bed bugs. I was like, oh, shit. I've had bed bugs. That ain't no fun. And, uh, you know, they, they weren't concerned about anything else other than that. But um, she had dementia. They noted that. And she was confused and not really oriented to the, her, uh, her time and place and her reason for being there. So, you know, that was a challenge for them. And uh, it wasn't really a challenge for me. Uh, she was very... What's the word? Congenial? Not congenial. She was very, um, she was very, she was not submissive, but she was going along with almost everything I was, I was saying. So, so she didn't, you know, she didn't resist or any of that stuff. That was kind of nice. Um, uh, stupid notifications. So anyway, um, she, uh, you know, as she's getting out of her car, because we got to take her weight. And as I'm talking to the son about what's going on for her, he answers everything for her. And, you know, I can respect that because she's not all there. Um, but he doesn't even, like, allow her to talk. And I'm like, okay, that's not a good sign. Um, because people that typically do that are manipulating the situation for their own gain. Now, what does he have to gain out of caring for his sick mom who, you know, probably can't even clean herself up after a bowel movement? I don't know. And I'm not judging that guy. I'm just stating what I perceived. He was a little aggressive. And, uh, you know, we, we do everything that we need to do. And um, the nurse practitioner sees her. And, you know, we get everything that we can together and they leave. Um, and I was heartbroken. I was like, man, that woman, she's she's not living well at all. I can, I can tell. Um, her clothes... You know, they're not, like, dingy and torn, but they're not clean. And, 
he didn't put shoes on her because, you know, he just wanted to get her in the car and go. And I'm like, man, this 80-something-year-old woman, like, I know 80-something-year-old people that are still still kind of youthful, still got energy, but this woman was almost a zombie, moving slow, not really conversing. Um, she did answer a few questions I asked her, which that gave me some, that, that kind of perked me, perked me up a little bit. It's like, oh, great, she is there. But, uh, you know, after looking over our record, I, I went and I, I went to the nurse practitioner and I was like, should we get human services involved, social services involved? And she's like, I already have. That's a good catch, but I've already started that because uh, in the past, we've been seeing her for a while. She came in with bruising and we couldn't explain it. She didn't know where it came from. And I was like, oh, it was, all, it was along her back. Uh, and she was like, that was suspicious. So I called them and they've been involved, but they haven't found anything. And the nurse's voice, you could tell she was upset by that because she said it was a broken system. And um, she knows something's going on in that scenario. But what can you do? You can't prove it. You can't just take her out of that situation when the the son is demonstrating um, competent uh, caretaking skills. Uh, I I would say that that's contraindicated by the presence of bed bugs, and uh, you know she did have a fainting episode when she was in the bathroom. And which that could be anything, but I'm more inclined to believe that something that was going on in the house caused that to happen. But hey, I'm no doctor. I can't can't say that for sure. Anyway, so that happened. That kind of bummed me out. Um, and work is about to really pick up because yeah, we've got three medical assistants. Uh, one of them is um, is on vacation. She's going to be gone until next week. So that leaves. Uh, two right now plus me and I'm still really new right I'm still getting the hang of the uh, methodology of what we do what I mean by methodology I mean uh, how do we interact with our software the procedures for that like I could do patient interaction all day that's that's easy I've done that for years but using the software that we use that takes uh, some time to get used to Um, anyway uh, so we've also uh, been told that we're going to be getting a hundred patients from another location put on our roster. A hundred, and there's only three medical assistants. So we're growing, and right now we're in growing pains, and that's it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt pretty good. Oh hey, yeah. Now that I look at it, this is actually the area where I hit those freaking pigs. Yep, right here because I recognize this fence, and they were running right by that fence. So what I said earlier about me driving through the area where that happened, that wasn't accurate. The fog and me not actually being fully awake didn't really help. So it was right here, near the Aransas County line. Um, yeah, that, that really bummed me out. It's like, man, that sucks. <sighs> There's just not anything you can do in that moment but offer the best care that you can offer. And hopefully her life is better from you caring about them. That's all you can do. We haven't seen any children yet, and I don't think anybody's going to be bringing their their kids into the clinic, which that's that's good and bad. You, you know, you want that hands-on experience, taking care of, of kid injuries and responding to how they respond to your treatments. 
you know, because kids are more fragile and they they're more excitable. And it's it's good to have that knowledge on how to um, interact with them when when they need it. But then it's also you know good that you don't have to deal with the heartbreaking conditions like maybe they have leukemia or maybe they have some sort of uh, terminal illness or maybe they have a deformity or birth defect. Um, that's 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 nice. That that doesn't break your heart so bad. Other than that, uh, you know things have been going okay. Me and Jamie aren't really fighting right now. Um, I kind of just hung it up. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to care. She tries to talk about politics and throwing shots at Biden and defending Trump. And I'm like, whatever. I'm not voting for either one of those guys. Yeah, she tried to tell me something that she thought was funny about Biden. And as soon as she said what she said, I was like, I don't really care. And just kind of shrugged. I I don't. I, I don't care about tearing down politicians. I don't care about building up politicians. I care about pointing out some of their hypocrisies. And I'm okay with that. Like Trump and his spending. Oh, I didn't take a check. Okay, how much have you spent on golfing? And I'm okay pointing that out about Biden and his sexual uh, misbehavior. Sniffing women, grabbing women, making them nervous and uncomfortable. I'm definitely okay with that. Um, but this all this conspiracy stuff about who's connected to who and who went where and when, I, I, I have no way of proving that. And until I get like some, some legal court documents that show they were there with images you know it's one thing to just say that someone said they were there you gotta you gotta prove beyond a reasonable doubt you know testimony that you were there from an eyewitness from one eyewitness that has been historically unreliable just ask any black man that was convicted in the 50s or how about that dude that uh i forget his name but the white woman got him killed because she said that he whistled at her you know, that's one eyewitness. The system does not, uh, what's the word? It is not conducive to a one eyewitness accounts. So, you know, when you hear stuff like that, someone said they were there. No, don't. Go on, be, be a little more suspicious. If it's found out to be true, great. If it's not, you know, at least you weren't, you weren't fooled. So anyway, um, that's just where I'm at with politics. You know, I don't. I don't want to vote for Biden or Trump, mostly because I'm tired of the the, the status quo. I think there needs to be a shakeup, and I'm hoping that voting for other parties will do that. And that nonsense about don't throw your vote away is crap. It's, it's nonsense. Don't throw your vote away. A vote for 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 uh, Biden is a, or, or vote for a third party is a vote for Trump. You need to vote for us. You're telling me how to vote. Uh, that's that's tyrannical if I've ever heard it. And this all all hail King Trump nonsense, it, it's just retarded. I, I don't mean to use offensive language, but it's retarded. You know, talk about a king. We don't have kings. Britain has kings. Africa has kings. We have presidents. Anyway. Uh, so, you know, the political climate's getting more irritating as I get older. And I guess it's just because I'm sick of hearing it. But, you know, I read online all these different articles about the political climate in the 1850s, the 1920s. It was it was all the same. You know, taking shots at each other, tearing each other's character down. Newspaper publishing how somebody had a mistress or whatever. Oh, excuse me. 
um, all that good jazz. I just, I'm, I'm not into it anymore. I'm not, I don't have a heart for it. What else is happening in, in my life? Um, like I said, my mom's not doing so hot with her health. I, I was thinking that it was cancer at first, but she's seeing a hematologist now that's talking about her carotid arteries, and she has a history of stuff going on in her carotid arteries. Um, a stenosis is typically a cholesterol or, or calcified buildup that blocks blood flow, and she has a history of those in her neck, uh, which is where the carotid artery runs up runs up through your neck um <laughs> funny fact Hugh uh Hugh Laurie who played Dr. House for so long he said faking a an American accent is really hard with medical terms like carotid artery <laughs> he specifically said that I thought that was funny uh so she's got that um and they're trying to rule out you know uh other causes for her overall um, lack of wellness she's just been sick and uh, it's it's been frustrating to not have answers for so long you know ever since she had that tumor on her stomach which was like in 2007 or 8 she's just been in crap health you know everything's just gone downhill and I talked about that yesterday I just uh, they found something on her ultrasound that was abnormal recently and it could be that she was missing her gallbladder because that was removed or it could be that they found something that was growing in there like a tumor uh, or you know a mass assist or anything so it's, it'd be nice to get some answers after all this time of what's making her sick uh, other than that that's, that's really it uh, a friend of mine got out of jail Derek uh, not jail prison um, and he seems to be doing okay in a quarter mile turn left glad to hear that that guy you know, ever since his mom died, he's just, he, uh, he hasn't been doing well, but, excuse me, mentally, you know, and I think he just had some mental instability from the, off the, off the jump, because, excuse me, his dad was a drug addict, and you know, you see that in, uh, parents that abused and used drugs, um, their kids, their offspring usually have some sort of, uh, deficiency of some kind. Um, like ADD or ADHD or depression or whatever. Derek's always kind of been a dark turn guy. left. Um, anyway, I'm I'm getting close to my workspace, and uh, I appreciate you folks listening, taking the time out of your day to catch up on my life. And um, got some good news coming. Um, I'll be sharing more more. In half a mile, merge onto Texas 35 North. Uh, like when I. What did I do? I was trying to put on my freaking PPE. And part of that is this giant gown that you have to wear that makes you look like a, you know, a federal contamination agent. You know, you know the type, the big yellow gown. And I was trying to put that on. I put it on backwards. <laughs> it's like, why, why, why can't I tie this up? Why does this feel like it doesn't fit? Well, it doesn't fit. It's on backwards. Uh, that was pretty embarrassing and funny. Uh, we'll talk more about that on the next episode. I'll probably be just doing once a week so that I'm not exhausting you guys with daily content. Um, sketch you all up probably either Wednesdays or Fridays. So be on the lookout. And once again, I am performing on October 24th with the uh, Veteran Voices Transformation 
event that's happening all digital um, with Poetic Theater Productions. It's going to be August 24th. Search them on, on Google. Search them on Bing. Or look, up, look them up on Facebook, Poetic Theater Productions. I'll be, I'll be doing an original art piece. Not art piece, uh, poetry piece. Um, hope that you guys can tune in. Thanks for your time. This has been Aaron Rollins with Southeast 3rd.